Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello, friends. Today, I have an episode for you on life as a ritual and communing with shadow with Sophia of Divine Void Botanica. Sophia was introduced to me by my friend Kathleen, who is an astrologer and herbalist, and I've had her on the podcast twice, so you could scroll back if you want to check out her episodes. Um, But it's definitely been a while since I've had an episode with a more spiritual bend, I think. Um, We've been, yeah, pretty focused on, I think, just healing and creativity and witchcraft and all of the things that I love. So it was actually really nice to have a conversation with more of a spiritual lens. And you can kind of hear how in this episode that I'm not really sure where I'm at. with spirituality, with my beliefs, that things are feeling really up in the air for me, which I'm okay with, (laughs) you know? I've been rooted into witchcraft and into healing for a long time now, and as far as spirituality and thinking about, like, spirit guides and what happens when we die and all of that, I feel very in flux with that and just very open with like my own not knowing my own uncertainty my own do it does this even matter to me um and honestly i think that is super healing for me right now as well um in terms of coming from yeah background with religious trauma and working through that it feels really freeing every time i can say I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It feels really good to be able to say that and to to hold that. So with that being said, I just wanted to offer a little bit a reminder or just share for those of you who might be new to the show, kind of about my intention with the podcast. My hope is always that you hear something that opens up something for you that, <clears throat> excuse me, that makes you feel curious about something, that makes you feel seen, that makes you feel something, that makes you want to explore something or helps you touch a part of yourself that, yeah, maybe you have forgotten about or hasn't hasn't been out to play in a little while. So nothing in these episodes is ever prescriptive. It's all from my perspective anyways, intended to just like support you in taking what you want, what feels good, what resonates, leaving what doesn't, letting it be intuitive, trusting yourself, letting yourself play and explore and feel and let those all be clues for you of what you need. So just wanted to offer that up. Um, I mean, not really because of this episode, but (laughs) I've just been thinking about that and kind of feeling a little bit jaded by all of the like seven steps to to heal your your shit (laughs) um kinds of approaches and i just never want this podcast to feel like that like it's a prescription for you or a bunch of things you have to do to be okay we're all so different and so unique and 
yeah, I'm not rooted into like one universal truth or anything like that. For me, it's totally cool and wonderful for us all to have our own perspectives, our own belief systems, our own not knowing, our own confusion, our own uncertainty, our own connection with spirituality or not, if that's not for you, like it's all gorgeous to me. So anyways, a little aside, (laughs) I want to tell you a little bit about Sophia and what we talked about. So Sophia uses she, her pronouns. She's a medium, an Akashic Records reader, a root worker, conduit who comes from a long line of root workers, seers, and energy workers. She travels through portals of past lives, communicates with angels, ancestors, other spirits, and operates as a conduit for frequencies and past lives that aid in healing or amplify connections. Her area of experience and expertise is really in the realm of working with shadow, and she specializes in bridging the relationship with you and your shadow self. So as you can tell from the episode name, we talk a lot about that in this episode. We get into Sophia's spiritual journey, communing with shadow, shadow work, what's the deal with that, what's shadow, all of those things, why it's not about getting rid of shadow, how to get to the roots with shadow, child selves, what they have to do with shadow work, her perspective on past lives, how she helps people connect with their guides and counsel, life as a ritual, communing with guides and shadow in your dreams, working with fear, what's ego and what's spirit, and more. So I hope you enjoy. I really had a fun conversation with Sophia and it was just cool to yeah, hear a little bit more about her and her work and get to know another Philly area healing world person. (laughs) Um, And before we get into it, I wanted to let you know that the Spring Equinox Breathwork Ceremony is coming up. It's happening on the Spring Equinox and I'd love to see you there if you want to come hang out. Um, The Equinox to me is really a time to tend to that which is blossoming and coming alive within you as nature starts to bloom and come alive around us and I don't know about where you are but it's really been I'm recording this a couple of days the Friday before it comes out so it's really been like two days ago where I started to actually feel like oh spring is coming oh spring is stirring we had like a 55 degree day and I wore my ripped jeans and I was like oh okay the sun is coming back it is here so all of that to say too like in bulk is traditionally spoken about as a time where like spring is stirring but yeah it's really only been the past couple of days where I've actually felt that so it really is so dependent on where you live the land that you live on and also you know your internal world as well like you might not really feel like you're in a spring state it might still still feel like winter internally for you or maybe it's been feeling like spring or summer you know um kind of a tangential aside but I've been thinking about these kinds of ideas a lot, you know, like what happens when your internal world is not matching up with what's happening in nature, Um, what's happening when or what about when you're really wanting a season to come forth and it's just not there yet, like me at Imbolc on February 1st, and then we had a fuck ton of snow for all of February. So yeah, for the Spring Equinox Breathwork Ceremony, we gather online on Zoom and it's really intended to support you in tending to that which is blooming within you and doing that in community 
in in doing healing work together so we always do a grounding meditation i talk a bit about the spring equinox we might do a little bit of journaling too sometimes we do sometimes we don't um i'll channel a message through the tarot for the group and i'll guide you through a deep breathwork experience to yeah touch aliveness to maybe clear a bit of what you're wanting to release through the winter and yeah feed what you want to feed as we come into this season of growth this waxing season this blooming season and you'll also get a spring equinox ritual that you can do after the ceremony or the next day there is some early bird pricing until this Friday, um, March 12th, so you can check that out if that feels good. And 10% of the proceeds will be going to the Women's Center's Abortion Access Fund. So um, yeah, come join us if that feels good, if you want to work with the Spring Equinox invitations in an embodied way and in community. Would love to have you. Link is in the description for that. And with that being said, let's get into my interview with Sophia of Divine Void Botanica. So I would love to hear about your journey with shadow work, your journey with healing, how it's brought you to the work that you do and where you are now. I mean, that would be the whole podcast, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I was very lucky enough. I don't know if lucky is the word for a very small child to see this, but, um, I, I've always been able to speak with spirits. One of my, um, first memories was living in a house and knowing that a man killed his whole family in that house. And, and, later I would find out that's, that was the case. And I remember being like four years old and knowing that. So, um, I was a terrified child. I was scared of everything. I slept with my grandparents. Um, basically, you know, I went through and we all go through our own sets of trauma, but, um, I was given up when I was, uh, born like the day I was born. And, um, luckily my grandmother raised me and my grandmother is, uh, she, her family is uh, Roma. So me being scared and seeing spirits all the time, she was like very supportive and helpful. And, and then it just dawned on her that it was time to um, teach me something. So I was actually initiated into our practice uh, through family. So this is through my lineage. Um, you know, and, and, uh, there was a lot of abuse, poverty, mental illness in my family. And my grandmother was, um, was my backbone. She was like the most, uh, comfortable, comforting thing that I had. Now, of course we get older and I'm a teenager. I'm away from her. She's, uh, in Southern Virginia or was in Southern Virginia. And I go through my own turmoil. Um, the spirit stuff was getting more and more intense. So I kind of shut it off because it was just too much. Um, and luckily my adoptive mother, what I remember, I'll never forget. I was in her back seat and she looked in the mirror and she goes, Sophia, what do you see? And her daughters were like, mom, don't do that. You're being weird. And I was like, I see everything. She's like, I knew Sophia knew. So uh, she's the one that actually introduced me to the Akashic Records and Mm -hmm. opened me up to letting go of fear. Um, And I remember being like, how the fuck do I let go of fear? How the fuck do I talk to my higher self? Like, I didn't know these concepts, but 
um, moving through that, you know, I'm a young adult, I'm a single mom, um, spirit comes in even stronger. I mean, to the point that like things were manifesting in my house, um, it was just really intense and I thought it was going crazy. So I was lucky enough to work with a Botanica um, in Philly where again, I was trained in candle magic and you know everything went further. I was introduced to Carl Jung for the first time. Um, but I was through this whole time of this like pseudo wonderful magical childhood and growing up being supported by a lot of magical people I was always in the spiritual closet because I was taught at a young age, and this is through Roma tradition. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, be careful of who you hug because you don't know who wants a piece of your hair. Meaning like, you don't know how people are gonna react to it. You don't know who can be out there to hex you, a very Roma thing. But, um, you know, I kept it to myself. I really didn't dive into, you know, the work shadow work. I'm not a fan of that. And I'm sure we'll get to that. But I didn't dive into that until I, I hit a pivotal pivotal place it, right when I turned 30. And I was in a, a nasty relationship. And again, single mom working a lot. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I, I need me. That was that was the thing. I need me like I felt I was getting pulled in so many directions. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I met my husband and um, I will honestly say if it wasn't for his love and support, it would have never dawned on me that I not deserve love and deserve to be supported, but I deserve to give that to myself. If somebody else believes that of me, I believe it in my, I need to believe it in myself. So having that safety net of support and of love, no matter how many times I tried to push him away, right? Cause trauma does that to you. You're like, no, I don't, <laughs> I'm comfortable in chaos. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I, I started saying, okay, I pushed a lot of things aside, trauma, feelings, uh, I numbed myself to push forward. Now it's time I have the space to empty out some of those closets and um, and start plowing through them. And that's what I did. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I was severely afraid of the actual dark. And now I am most comfortable doing ritual readings, all of that in the dark. I do it in complete darkness. So, um, you know, it, it's it's just interesting how that all kind of happens and it's always a continuous journey um but you know the thing that i pulled out of that was if i can come out of poverty extreme abuse um addiction uh, i have every right to be jaded about life i have every right to be nihilistic but if i come out of that with pure devotion and love then I need to help other people find that way too. And so that's where I decided to help others. And that, that was the calling that I had. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's always a wild journey and a long story. And there's yeah. to share. <laughs> um, I mean, you mentioned this and I think this is what we're going to talk a lot about. So maybe we could just start by the idea of like, what is shadow? What does that mean to you? Um, and what does working with that mean or look like? 
Sure. So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of uh, stuff to unpack because I think that the word in itself, shadow work, um, there's a connotation to it that's like you have to do it in order to survive. You have to do it in order to. It's just like it's so icky. Um, you know, I see a lot of stuff and it's cute, but it's, it's a lot of like, think of what doesn't serve you and like, let it go. But like, ultimately what it is, is unless you get the root of that plant, you're not going to be able to eradicate it, but we're not going to eradicate it. What we want to do is transmute that energy because energy is, is ever going. It, it doesn't stop. You know, you can't, it, it, it just, it, you can't put it in a box, right? And so we're here, we're born, we're put in a box. We live in a box, we drive a box. Um, so shadow is the parts of ourselves, the facets of ourselves that make us individual. They are divine given, that's the divine light within ourselves. It's multifaceted, um, but it is what is casted on us by society that might be deemed society friends, family, what have you, but might be deemed shameful, guilty, um, you know, uh, not appropriate. So for example, if you grow up and you're like, I want to be an artist because you have this creative juice in you and you want to do that. And your parents are like, no, you need to go to college and uh, get a nine to five job and do that. So we're, we, we put behind that light, um, it's behind a curtain that is telling us it's not appropriate, it's not okay, put it away. Um, and we now live with affirmations of like, maybe I shouldn't be creative. Um, dreaming is probably not appropriate. Let's limit my limitlessness because ultimately we're here to be limitlessness. Um, and it starts to affect us. We're boxing in spirit and spirit again is energy. So that sort of thing starts to eat away at us, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, guilt, shame, um, that is what shadow is. But I like to look at it as if we look at our higher self, um, as a personification of spirit that is the highest point of our own spirit. We have to look at shadow as a personification. You know, on the Temple of Hecate, it says, in shadow, light. If we ask shadow, hey, shadow, why do I do this? Shadow is not going to lie to us. It's going to say, like, you don't do this because you're shameful of it. And <laughs> you're pushing this person away because uh, you went through this before and you don't want to see this happen again. Shadow is survival. That's us surviving on the material world. Now, the point and the ongoing conversation I've had with spirit and in the records is that the point of us living our fullest individualization is what is divinely given. That is our whole experiment or expression, whatever it is. So with each lifetime, we learn lessons to kind of reveal each one to, um, to have these experiences, these lessons to be recorded in the ethers, but also to um, help us realize the divine innate deserving that we have. Um, a little woo, but, <laughs> um, so when, when we, uh, go through shadow unchecked, we are in complete survival mode, but life is meant to be lived, right? So do you want to survive in this lifetime or do you want to like 
take a chance? Do you want to live? Do you want to rewire some thoughts and some behaviors and some affirmations that were put on you, um, whether through ancestral trauma or through society in this lifetime or a past lifetime? Do you want to move through some of those to just see what the possibilities are? Um, that's what I think of when I'm working with shadow. And so, yes, it is a painful experience to get to the root of that because a lot of the time people just relive it. And because shadow is our own secrets, people tend to feel like they have to do it by themselves. You should never do shadow work by yourself. And you should definitely work with somebody who has the tools to guide you through that spiritual experience but allow you to be in the driver's seat of your own spiritual experience so that you can continue on in life. Like you, you've got a toolbox, like, okay, I've done this bit of shadow on this facet. Now I have a toolbox. I know the symbolism. I know how spirit speaks to me. They love birds. So, <laughs> okay, now on to the next one, you know, and now you know how to listen to spirit and you get to be um, in the full driver's seat versus going to see, you know, a reader over and over again and, and Reiki and all that stuff is good and it helps us, but you are ultimately the one that makes the decision because this life is about free will and choices and it's up to you to make those choices by yourself. Yeah. And when you talk about getting to the root of it so like you know you're working like with the example that you gave you're working this like nine to five and then you wanted to be an artist and how do you yeah how do you get to that place how do you access those roots and find like oh where is this actually coming from because I think like you mentioned sometimes it's like something that happened to us you know like our parents shared it and it's like easier to trace and then sometimes I think it's like ancestral or systemic mm -hmm. or it like goes way back so yeah how do we get to the roots so um when you are I like to call it communing with shadow because you want to the whole point is to integrate this energy and you want to have a relationship with shadows like that friend that like fucks you up with truth and you're like I hate <laughs> you but you know me the best um <laughs> so, we all need so you, that you, friend. <laughs> yeah we we love her and we hate her but we love her um that's shadow right and so I I do a hundred percent believe that in order to start communing with shadow, you have to have a base idea and a base level or, or somewhat of a foundation of a spiritual practice. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you there's also working through shadow, you can work with a therapist, you can work with, um, you know, a life coach. But when we commune with shadow, we are working on a spiritual level, right? So it, it is recommended that you do have a, a little bit of a practice. And with that practice, there are three things that I really think are important with that. Um, but I really feel that people that are ready or on a spiritual journey or have a spiritual awakening become so much more sensitive to uh, one, their bodies, right? Like we're like, we're gonna be spiritual. Like I'm gonna feel so good. And you go to yoga and you're like, why does everything hurt? It's because you're much more sensitive to, to everything around you. You're sensitive to the food that you take and you're sensitive to your body, right? Um, so we start to become aware of things we don't want anymore. Um, like if you suffer from anxiety, you start to be aware, like how do I really work through this, you know, or um, 
I don't know why I react like this every time I'm in a relationship. What is the, what's going on? Like when we start having that awareness, that's when it's time to work with shadow. That's when usually it's a, I find that people that find me are like, they always start off with like, so I've been having all these dreams and I want to change my life. (laughs) Um, That's usually a, a really good time to start working with shadow. So, you know, we take patterns that we find, um, like for someone like me, I, I suffer from severe panic attacks. Um, one of the worst things that I've ever experienced was a panic attack on the school call during rush hour traffic and I blacked out behind the wheel. Um, I was like, okay, uh, what's anxiety telling me? <laughs> so so what, where do we need to go here? Um, the awareness is important, right? And then, uh, if you do have a foundation, we start asking spirit around us, can you point some things out for us? Um, or, you know, if you're working with a therapist and they're bringing up patterns, start looking at those patterns. Um, you know, uh, that is where you start. Now, when you're working with a shadow worker or somebody that's experienced in this, this is when we start working in like uh, Akashic Records or past life regression, hypnotherapy, um, those sort of things to get a little bit more out of spirit. So I like to think that like, I'm like a shadow convoy cause I'm working with my mm-hmm. deities and my, my, uh, guides and ancient ones, uh, that serve the highest light. And when I work with you, I'm asking your permission and asking them if that's okay. And we all come together to work together to guide you down that dark tunnel and hold the light for you. So, uh, a lot of the times when we do readings, uh, things like childhood, uh, the child always shows up because your child, its essence is timelessness. Your child in this lifetime is the essence of who you are in any lifetime. Um, It is the most purest form of your spirit before stuff starts to happen. So through that lens, I, we can see um, where things start, or it might take me into another lifetime to see where that starts. But um, that's why it's important to work with somebody who has the experience and to know it's not by yourself because otherwise you're just putting together puzzle pieces and um, you're in the dark, right? So um, we're a little too close. Um, I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, it does. It's definitely hard to see when you're, or it can be really hard to see when you're that close and everything's in the dark. Um, You've mentioned past lives a couple of times. So I'm kind of curious if we can unpack your thoughts about that. I think maybe just personally, every time I've like, when I've done like past life stuff with like an Akashic Records reader or someone, it's been really fascinating what's come through. I mean, I've kind of tried to access that stuff on my own. I'm like, I feel like I'm just making it up or I don't know. It's just like a meditation. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's actually like real. I'm just like making that up in my mind. So I don't know. I would just love to hear your perspective on past lives and what they can mean for this lifetime. Yeah, I have a lot of theories on past lives, but um, (laughs) so, um, you know, a lot of people want to know, like, who was I? What did I do? What happened to me in this lifetime? Um, What I find is more important is uh, the consciousness of that lifetime, the lessons of that lifetime. Um, The brain loves to be entertained. So the brain gets so caught up in the story that 
you know, our spirit and, and our energy isn't focused on like where we can take off. The, the idea is you want to be able to bring that consciousness to the forefront so that you can either say like, hey, we've worked through these lessons. I don't need to go through them again. Or, um, okay, that's where I started. That's where I left off. Let's keep going. Um, I think that that is the most important. Now, if I'm reading somebody, I will bring up like what I'm seeing um, because it's not my um, job to discern <laughs> to you what it is, but um, everybody likes a little razzle dazzle, so that's fine. Um, but, but I find that um, this is going to be a lot to impact, but just bear with me. We're all fascinated by like our, our makeup, where we came from, our nationalities, what percentages, why I like certain things, why am I obsessed with Polish food, why am I obsessed with XYZ. Um, those are, I feel like spirit loves a little tongue in cheek. So they're like little small indicators of like, you were here somewhere. Um, that's why you are obsessed with Paris, you know, um, or you're obsessed with this time period. Um, and I find that if we lean into that a little bit, we can typically find a, an essence or a lesson or, um, you know, the consciousness that we need from that time period. Um, I do feel like the DNA makeup, like, you know, if I do my, I mean, I don't need to do my 23 and me, but like, if you do something like that and you see your breakdown, it's usually again, a little telling of where you might've been in your past lives. I find it kind of interesting. My theory is, you know, we, over time periods, you know, things overlap. And so now when we look at these 23 and me's, it's like a long list of like what you are. So like, of course, right? We've, we've gone through life a long time. And um, people that say that they're, they're, um, they're old souls, I'm just like, yeah, you're a slow learner. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is useful for you to look at and say, okay, there's this, what is it about this that seems to intrigue me? And then you can kind of go down a rabbit hole. I love a, week, a Wikipedia rabbit hole. I love a research rabbit hole. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of ways that you can unpack past lives. Um, I also find that they're also an indicator of, uh, ancestral trauma as well. So, um, it's a lot of us are reincarnated into the same families in one way or another. So there's also a lot of lessons there in the relationships. Um, there's a lot more to that, but I'm going to stop there because I feel like that was a lot to unpack. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really helpful. I think when I think about past lives and like, okay, and also like maybe those lifetimes are all happening right now too. Like what is mm -hmm. time? And then it can get really circular. Yeah. <laughs> well, think of it like this, you know, if we're multi, like multifaceted, we're also multidimensional, right? We're, I mean, we don't just have lives here, but if we're multidimensional, um, we could be living lives at the same time. And time is not linear, time is a construct. Um, so that's why sometimes like we look at our past lives and we're like, I think I was like here in the 1940s. And you're like, wait, that wouldn't make sense because I would have reincarnated 
I, that would have overlapped and I would have been alive at this time, right? We have that question a lot. And that's why I say it's more important about the lessons and the consciousness than who you were. Um, because if you get too caught up in that, you, you get very uh, human about it and you want to connect the story. Um, it's not the story that's important. It's the lesson that's important. So, um, you know, on my Instagram, I posted a, a prayer that I use every morning to my altar, to my um, deities and guides and ancestors, because I think it saves me a lot of searching and, and questions when I ask them to please bring to the forefront of my consciousness the lessons uh, that I can adhere to where I am at this point in time. Uh, so I can continue to unfold and evolve. Um, that's, that's really important because we've, we've lived so many lives and things and we were rocks and flowers and air and, you know, so it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Do you feel like guides and other beings are like with you in different lifetimes? Um, so what I typically see for most people is everyone has a council, right? And, and depending on where you are in your lifetime and the lessons you're learning, you have different teachers, ascended masters, spirit guides, ancestors that are with you to help guide you in that moment. Some leave, some, you know, if, you, if you've learned a lesson or something, some go, some go in and out. Some are with you your whole lifetime. Some are with you your whole soul's time. So, um, Yes, I, I see like the struggle with the question, but I hope you see the struggle with my answer. But the long and the short is like, they're always with you. Um, if you have a question about it and you're like, I wonder if someone is with me. Yes, somebody is always with you. Someone, something is always with you. Um, usually multiple of them. And um, actually someone's right with you right now. Um, but when I do the work that I do, typically who shows up are the ones that you're not super aware of um, because like we're usually aware of like what's in our org field but there's like an army behind us typically um, just when they decide to show up is ultimately where you're at yeah how do you help people connect to their spirit guides and that council yeah um so it, it is important for me when I do my work to, I always leave time uh, for people to ask me questions so that they can create their own practice. Um, usually what I find in readings when I bring up uh, or, you know, a, uh, a energy that I pick up on, usually the person's like, oh, I felt like that was around. It's usually just validation. I'm just validating what you're feeling or, you know, I will sometimes they'll tell me something specific to them that they did. So they're like, Oh my gosh, that happened. Yeah. That. So I, I help them open up to seeing the signs and the signals that spirit is giving us. Um, I think a lot of the times we're living in such a mundane life. It's, we like imagine that spirit is gonna show up as a ghost, but like if that happened, half of us would like have a heart attack and die and then we'd have to do it all over again. I would have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I have been very close a couple of times. But, but they often work in more su subtle ways. I like to say, if if you like take a moment, like say like a bird shows up at your window and you're like, is that a sign? It's a sign. 
if if you like question it in that moment then it is mm -hmm. so if you have a dream and you're like was that a yes that is and um i like to try to help people be a little bit more aware of like the things that synchronicities uh the signals the signs and then help affirm them so that they're uh spirit knows they're being seen and they're being heard. And when I find, um, I've had a lot of clients for over the span of years, um, they always get a lot closer with their guides and their counsels um, by recognizing that. There's also other practices, like things you could do before bed, things you can do in your waking life. Um, one of my favorite ways is, um, you know, it's not, everything is not ritualistic. Our whole life is a ritual. So, you know, when you get that like feeling, you're like, I don't know why, but I want to watch Vikings and you like <laughs> watch it. And then you're like, I wonder what's this, what this is about. And why am I hungry? Indulge in that because that's usually some spirit or spirit trying to get your attention. And they want you to like use that energy to, um, amplify whatever is coming in so then we have dreams and we're like why am i dreaming of vikings well like <laughs> they want you to they want you to feel comfortable they don't want to scare you away they don't want you to be fearful they want things to come in comfortable so that you will continue to work with it yeah i mean I feel like that's a huge practice for me of following the things that I'm curious about and following the little nudges. And that can take you to yeah, some really fascinating and unexpected places. And as you brought up like dreams and like before bed, I'm really obsessed with dream work. So <laughs> I would love <laughs> if we could talk a little bit about yeah, how dreams play into these connections and, and into sh shadow work too, connecting with shadow self. Sure. Um so dream work, the dream world is the easiest way that spirit can um, work with us and, and talk to us and show us things in the unconscious, right? If we, as we try to be more and more aware of the unconscious, then it doesn't become the unconscious. It's just conscious, right? So it's like less mystical and magical, but um, that's an easy place for them to start. So I find that a lot people that are like why doesn't spirit just come to me and I'm like they're with you they're in your dreams because that's where you're you know not going to freak out mm -hmm. um a practice that I like to uh tell a lot of my clients to do is before bed <clears throat> if you're aware of a spirit or an energy around you before bed um do some like cleansing breath work calming breath work as you're fading into sleep and then just you can say it out loud or you can say it from like your heart's base to say um uh ancestors spirit guides angels that serve the 100 divine light i'm open to receiving any uh, clarification or messages that you have for me uh, please feel free to come into my dream world as you see fit now it might happen that night it might happen in two weeks you know it's really up to you but the more you Put this practice in there the more they will hear you and you'll become also more conscious of that because you're starting to fall asleep so you're much more relaxed you're much more receiving to the idea that this could happen yeah. um that space between um 
falling asleep and going to sleep is like the perfect space theta um, of receiving those messages. So if you can, it's a practice, but if you can, and you start receiving stuff and seeing stuff, like snap yourself out, write it down, lay back down. Like (laughs) you're not going to sleep very well, but you'll get a lot of information that way. Um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that in the dreams are going to come out and again, speak to you dead on, they might show you in, um, in, it's always symbolic ways through the archetypes and through colors, animals, symbols. Sometimes they will straight up come out and talk to you. Um, A thing that pops up a lot is nightmares. And uh, a lot of people are like, you know, I pray and I cleanse before bed and I do all this stuff and I'm like, stop running away from it. good and bad, again, are constructs. They're all the same. It's the nothing, the all. So when we start to look at things that scare us from a place of love and understand that there is a divine um, job behind it, then we can start working through it. So for me, I'm a lucid dreamer. Um, I got to the point where like something scary would happen and I'd be like, you you can fly. So just fly out of there. (laughs) I would start to fly. And then I got to a point where I was like, wait a minute. Nope. Turn your ass around, go back and deal with it. Because Mm -hmm. when we're not dealing with it, that energy feeds off of fear. Right. Um, So shadow can show up in that way because shadow is again, um, it's the individualization, that primal primordial energy um, that gets locked up in a cage. And so like a hungry lion, it's just going to eat at us and eat at us. And as we become more afraid of it, it becomes more afraid of us. And then that's where that like um, restriction happens. But if we go and deal with it, we start to see like, hey, maybe it's not all so bad. Maybe these hanging body pieces are just a dream. (laughs) Maybe I'm just (laughs) cutting myself up to pieces and there's no real reason for me to be doing that. You know, they're telling you something. And if we're looking at it like, okay, you are telling me something versus like you are scaring me away, we're able to empower ourselves because then you wake up and you're like, fuck yeah, I did that. Or like, (laughs) okay, I know exactly what that means. And that does not scare me. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, we do get to a point where maybe spirit does start showing itself in a manifestation in front of you. But from there, you're less afraid of the ghosts in your house. And you're like, hey, listen, this is not for you. This is not your place. I wish you well, (laughs) but you just can't return. And you know, you can't be here and I reclaim my space. So you're reclaiming your space by, by facing it. Um, but there's a lot, again, a lot to unpack with dream work. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could go a little deeper into the fear piece. Like you mentioned fear earlier. And I think a lot of the stuff we're talking about can be really scary working with the parts of ourselves we're literally afraid of is obviously scary, scary dreams. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to share around kind of working with fear and maybe even, I don't know, letting fear be a guide. That's how I think of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, I like to say fear is for entertainment purposes only. (laughs) It's just what your brain is making up, you know? So, um, it doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't mean the emotions aren't real or the feelings aren't real, but it's, entertainment purposes. There's two branches on the tree. There's the branch of love and there's the branch of fear. So branch of love would be, you know, all the good stuff, joy, happiness, understanding, compassion, empathy. The branch of fear would be shame, anger, guilt, um, 
frustration, those kind of things. Now, when we deal with fear, it's good to kind of lean into it. And again, this is why it's important to work with shadow as a personification, because you can be like, shadow, why am I so frustrated right now? And shadow will tell you just like higher self when we work with higher self and that first thing that comes across your brain is higher self that first thing that comes across your brain that's shadow telling you the truth so um it is a, a lot of uh i like to think of it as like a rope and you're starting to take the little pieces of the rope and you're like untangling it um when we do anything out of fear it's not helpful because you're just combating the thing with the same thing the fear with the fear. So like if you're battling someone who's angry with anger, now you can be upset, that's fine. But like with anger, it's not going to really help anything, right? But if we can take a step back and we're dealing with somebody who's angry with like a little bit of empathy, compassion, understanding with the lovingness of boundaries and standing in our authority, it does change the outcome. So the same thing works with spirit. Um, when we have ghosts in our home, like I have a lot of people are like, I feel like there's an energy in my house. When you work with that and you feel fear, they're like, why are you afraid of me? Why are you afraid of me? And then they, they, you know, or some of them are just like, yeah, you're fucking afraid. This is great. So <laughs> it just depends on it. You are not the one to judge. So, um, I always say, try to like anchor yourself down, get your guides around you and then just say, Hey, I know that you have a divine purpose, but this place is not for you. Uh, you know, call in whoever you want to help them on their way and just say, you know, um, I reclaim my space in my name and I wish you well, but you cannot return when you do it from a different place. Like it's like when you argue with somebody and somebody's like, I understand what you're saying and they're not and you're ready for them to combat, but they're not. You're like taken aback and you're like, oh, <laughs> OK. And it completely changes the interaction. It's the same idea with fear. Um, again, it doesn't mean that's not a real feeling. It doesn't mean that you can't feel it. It's important to feel it. It's important to let yourself go through those emotions, but try to see the bigger piece of it outside of your experience. Because if we continue to go through things through our experience, we're working with uh, ego, which is essentially like the teacher that says, okay, you're good to be in the sandbox. So I'm just going to watch over you in the sandbox. You know, mm -hmm. when we say like, Hey, I'm ready to play on the swings ego steps back a little bit and goes, okay, like, I'll give you the space to do that because ego is just working off of your experience. Mm -hmm. So when we're saying like, Hey, we want to go out of survival mode, you know, there's no dinosaur. I think I can handle this. Uh, fear will back up a little bit and you can take baby steps towards what you want to work through. Yeah. How do you distinguish between what's ego and what's not what's ego and what's spirit? Um, I don't. <laughs> to be honest with you, if I get so caught up, I think a lot of people get really caught up in the idea of ego and like ultimately end all be all. Um, it's there on purpose to help us. It's there on purpose to help us through our experiences, to help us survive and get through the world the same way. Like Jung says, we have a mask that we put on to face the world and to deal with the world. The ego helps us with that. The ego is the one that gives us the mask. Um, it, it's really up to me to say, like, I mean, honestly, I just focus on keeping, keep going. Like if, if something feels uncomfortable for me, and this is also part of my personality. Um, 
<laughs> if something is stacked up against me and tells me that I can't, I do. I want to. So um, I'm driven by that. That's the Aries rising in, in me. Um, but I go with, uh, I'm so at this point entwined with spirit because of how long I've been working with it. I just always trust spirit. And I, I think I did get to a point maybe in my 20s where I could feel the different types of spirits and figure out which ones I don't want to work with. Um, but as far as ego is concerned, I don't see it as anything bad or something that's in the back of my mind. I just see it as the teacher that is there to make sure I don't fall and skid my knee on the way out of the sandbox. So I think if we put too much weight on it, it starts to get really confusing. Just let it go and start thinking in the way of, you know, am I doing this out of survival mode or am I doing this because, you know, X, Y, Z, or do I want to change the way I react to these patterns? If we think of it that way, it's so, so much more easier to deal with than to like stack ourselves up with more work. Mm. Yeah, that definitely feels like it brings more ease in like it feels like a breath out yeah (laughs) (laughs) um since we're getting to the end I want to ask you the last question I always ask on this show but before I do I also just wanted to ask is there anything else that you want to share with people before we go um I would really like to share that you know, whatever is in your heart, whatever is, is calling to you, um, always like pull out the, the logical and the responsible aspect of it. Will this fit in the world? Will I make the money? Does this make sense? Take yourself out of that and just listen to the voice inside because the voice inside will never lie to you. Um, and so both voices, you know, light, higher self and shadow are there for you to help you because the overall job or essence of what we are doing is to be true to our individualization because that is how we bring light into this world. The more we restrict it and adhere to a herd or restrict it out of fear is what is feeding into the darkness that, uh, I don't like using the word darkness, but um, especially because that's where I live, but the, the, (laughs) the mucky stuff, you know, so do yourself a favor and feed that light and take a chance and go with your inkling because even if it feels like it might be a fail, you tried that that's the worst that can happen. You tried. Um, So I recommend that people listen to themselves a little more and the more you do it, the more empowered you become. Um, And that's what it's all about. Um, like Like a perfume that we wear, when you start to go through that, people, other people around you will start to sense it. And it's a beautiful thing to bring that essence into the world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can you let us know where people can find you, where they can follow you, work with you, all of those things? Yeah, sure. Um, So you can find me on Instagram at divine 
Brian Boyd Botanica. Um, I have a website. I have a whole uh, page on uh, integrating shadow. Um, I do do Akashic Record readings, um, intuitive sessions, and um, communing with shadow one-on-one -on -one where I uh, work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, it's a two-part series. It's actually my favorite thing that I do. And um, we work with the point that you're facing right now. And um, I put you through a theta guided meditation and I prompt you so you can get used to having a relationship with shadow. Uh, we meet again in two weeks and we go through the homework that I assign you. And it's not like, it's, it's just like pretty, it's more about habits than anything else than like rituals and all that. Um, but, uh, and then we see, you know, where you're at and at least this way you have somebody alongside you to, um, not only help you, um, and support you, but also like, you know, when we get all those tings and pings and dreams and all that, you have someone to share that with, right? Like when I was like in the spirit, spiritual closet, I had like one friend I could share those things with. And I was like, please don't leave me because I need, <laughs> need you. Um, and I still have that. Um, but um, it helps you be a little bit more, live a little bit more in that, that beautiful spiritual self. So uh, communing with shadows on that. Um, that's uh, all on my website. And then I do do a monthly meditation where we uh, journey within ourselves. We journey within the void. So it's the Theta meditation. Again, we do prompts and um, depending on who is uh, calling to me, we typically work with a specific archangel and um, a choir of angels. And uh, it's also an energetic healing to kind of like loosen the blockages that you face, but I, um, I'm purely channeling. So none of this is writ written down and I act as a conduit for the energy. So, um, that's a really easy way to kind of get a taste of what I do. Um, and I have some cool projects and collaborations coming up, uh, in the spring, but I'm not ready to announce those yet, but, but all of it is, uh, geared towards communing with shadow because, again, shadow work can, to the gen pop, it can seem like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, and, and we want you to go inside of yourself, like, you got to love all of yourself, the icky, the gross, the hidden, the out in the open, you know, like, it's important for you to be aware of that, because it's, it's the beauty of who you are, so um, it's not as gentle as to let go that, does not serve you, but it's definitely a lot deeper and it definitely brings in some really powerful love stuff. Um, so yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and since the name of the podcast is Living Open, what does Living Open mean to you? What comes up when you hear that? Using my voice and being my standing in my not just authenticity of an evolving person uh, but in my authority um, not wavering in my authority because whether I'm right or wrong it's mine so uh, giving that same devotion that I give to spirit and and the ethers to myself mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for being here. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.